0: If you wanna scream with me, I'll scream with you. If you wanna laugh with me, I'll laugh with you. We'll play different psychological torture games just as much as you want.
1: For the last 45 years, Char Mayer has become a renowned haunter, a scare actor working in haunted attractions from basements in her hometown to the big time at Knott's Scary Farm. She's also a producer of a 2017 documentary called Haunters, the Art of the Scare, which gives us a glimpse into the world of the haunted house community, many of whom refer to her as the Mother of Monsters. And they ought to, because she actually teaches classes, Haunting 101 and 102, on how to scare the right way. Today, Shar will get personal and give us a look at what it's like to be behind the mask. I am so excited to be here with Haunter Royalty. Thank you so much for joining us, Shar.
0: Chelsea, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me to come chat with you on your podcast.
1: As soon as I saw you in Art of the Scare, which is a documentary, if uh, you guys listeners haven't watched it, it's fantastic. Everybody loves it. It's all about the haunt community from extreme to more traditional. And uh, you were just so charming to me. And the way you talked about your job was so the passion, I felt a a (laughs) kindredness with you over (laughs) your passion for this. So I'm just Uh, I know you're going to be such a fun guest today.
0: Well, the thing is, I really do love haunting and I've been haunting for such a long time. And you would think by now it it, it wouldn't seem as fresh and as new to me like you get used to or bored with things. But for some reason, there's something about haunting that just it, it excites me
1: every day, you know. Oh, that's so I, I mean, I feel the same way with my own own work, I think. Um, So just to start off, I like to kind of just start at the beginning, because when we were talking before we actually started recording, you were saying that, that you didn't, you didn't come out ready to be a haunter. But I do imagine that you had kind of an interest in the macabre side of life, starting from a young age. Am I right in that assumption?
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's not like, yeah, like I didn't like wake up and
1: say, I want to be hunter. I don't know a time when I
0: was not, I was never into like princesses or anything. And, you know, even like as a young child, like four or five, I, I liked monsters and skeletons. And then like, I grew up, you know, re- I was the, I guess the weird kid in school, reading comic books and monster magazines. And I love scary movies and monster themed stuff sci-fi and horror movies at, at a really young age you know the kind of age where a parent might say maybe this isn't a good movie for you but uh, I never I never got that I, I was I was good I was I was a good kid so my you know it was never a big deal my my mother used to think it's a phase she thought of that all the way up all my years of haunting something I would grow <laughs> out of but I guess uh I never did. (laughs) I guess you never did. I've been haunting since, well, I was born in the 60s. So I started haunting and I started getting into horror and everything in the 60s. But uh, I did my first home haunt in the early 70s. So if you think about that, Richard Nixon was the president and the Vietnam War was going on. And I was working in a haunt then. And I'm still working in haunts. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, uh, there when I started haunting, there was no haunt industry. It was just like, oh, Halloween celebrations. And then I kind of grew up in the haunt industry. It grew up with me and around me and I'm part of it and it's part of me.
1: Where was your very first haunted house job, whether you're a volunteer or working? Like, where was that first place that you got your first taste of scaring people? Well, um, me and my friend Robin, uh,
0: we would always go trick-or-treating together. And then like this one year, people were not giving us candy because we were too old to be trick-or-treating, they would tell us. So the next year she said, you know, my mother wants to do something with the Boy Scouts. And being we can't trick-or-treat, she was thinking about a haunted house. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Let's do that. So we did that. We did it in her garage and we put up cardboard walls. And did the things like you did back then, like you put your hand through the wall and felt um, spaghetti and we say they're worms or Mm -hmm. grapes and they're eyeballs. And then we had a can where I pulled a string from uh, behind the wall and a skeleton popped up. And then like so there was all this stuff on the table and then they think it's over And then I would run out and I had a monster mask was like a werewolf kind of thing. And I would run out and then like run after people. And, you know, seeing somebody run at you, they would run away and scream and I would scream at them. And I was like, oh, that's good. That's nice. (laughs) He did that that one year. And then the next year she said, oh, my mom's thinking about doing that again. I'm like, yeah. And that's how I started. I started on what we now call home haunting. It wasn't called anything. It was called let's do this kind of thing,
1: you know. (laughs) So then what was your next step after you did that home haunt? I found a a
0: maze in the area that was doing a Halloween. I think they called it a maze. They, They didn't really start calling it haunts back then. I think it was just called a spooky maze or something like that. Then I worked there for a few years, and then I worked in uh, haunted shows. It just was like every year. It's like I would look for a place that was doing it, and then the first big one that I did that was like people kind of know, like these kind of things, was I did for three years. I did a haunted hayride. Oh, and this was all in New in New York. I lived in New York, and then uh, my husband got the opportunity to move to the West Coast. And I was like, oh, I don't i to move to the West Coast. And he goes, it'll be uh, it'll be over. And he told me where the area is. And I was like, oh, that's uh, kind of near Knott's Berry Farm. not Scary Farm. I work in Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, yeah, let's move. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we moved for his job. But I was thrilled because I the idea of maybe somebody could hire me at Not Scary Farm. I mean, I have all this I have all this experience and everything. And then I I was able to get hired at Knott's. And I worked 15 years uh, at Knott's.
1: And that's kind of like, I mean, isn't that kind of considered like the peak of haunts in terms of a place to, to work as a haunter? Well, it was the
0: first theme park haunt. Oh, by the way, I also did about six, seven years doing working for marketing for them. So we do off-property promotions, promoting the haunt in costume. And we go, we take the Hertz, and we go to these different colleges and <laughs> stuff and uh, the Angels games and, and all different places. And uh, so we did that, me and my partner, we did that for a while. That was like that turned into instead of a month of Halloween, now we're stretching it out to three months. So now I'm doing Halloween stuff three months with the marketing, but they were the first, um, theme park haunt and it's where sliding started. If you're familiar with, I'm sure you no, are. What is, <laughs> no,
1: I don't know what sliding. Oh, you don't know what sliding is. Tell okay. us,
0: yes. So sliding is where uh, a monster uh, takes a lot of training. I can't do it, but, um, you wearing special pads on your knees and your hands and your feet, um, and you run, 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 and then jump to the ground and you slide, and then you'll pop up. It, it, it's a great scare. I've seen but, uh,
1: that. I know what it. I saw it okay, when I went to Six Flags. I had yes. people run inside of me, and they had some like sparks flying out. Like, they yeah, yeah the metal thing this, they were dragging on the ground. It yeah. was cool. Yeah, it was, yeah,
0: it is really cool. It is yeah. a really fun. But yes, scare. it takes some some agility there. I imagine uh, it does. <laughs> it really does. So that's where sliding started, and also knots was the first the very first of all the theme parks to completely change their theme park into a haunt. And then of course, you know, as the years go on, other places, uh, like you said, Six Flags and Universal. At this point, I think anyone that has a venue that they can turn into a haunt, this is the time, you know, let's do it. Let's turn into a haunt. And, you know, people you can get haunts everywhere now.
1: It seems like, halloween and all all of the haunt world is only getting more popular do you feel like that's true
0: Yeah, it's the number two holiday for spending money right after Christmas, and that's because they include Christmas gifts. But more people spend money on Halloween if you take the gifts out. I spent last night with the director of the movie Haunters, The Art of the Scare, who's my friend now, John Schnitzer. We became really good friends. We went through L.A. We were in Burbank, and he has a list of houses, and we just went and looked at Halloween decorations, and holy cow, it was amazing. You know, the block houses that have the christmas lights in every neighborhood we just saw that but halloween style it was so cool and i i never get to do stuff like this but because of uh, the coronavirus i'm not able to haunt full time right now i i could do like online stuff but um, maybe next year
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm interested in what Is your like, what are your favorite types of characters to play as a Haunter?
0: Oh, me? Well, me personally, I I've played everything from like, like werewolves and monsters kind of thing and zombies, that kind of stuff. And then like as I get older, I seem to have fallen into a witch role a lot of times. <laughs> I play a lot of witches, but when I'm taught, when I'm doing like uh last couple of years are authoritarian figures, like doctors and nurses, cause you know, they're pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, you know, I always end up playing those kind of roles these days. But, you know, I go through phases like zombies were really popular, maybe 10, 12, 10 years ago, and I was getting a lot of zombie work. I love doing zombies. I mean, don't get me wrong. But the thing that I'm more into these days is trying to do characters with a like a human character with a twist and trying to play on people's fears and play on the psychology of you know, where fear is. I don't do those kind of pop up scares. Like um, I don't do the sliding, that kind of stuff. I I, I don't do anymore, but I can do like more of the acting kind of characters.
1: So now you're embodying, you have to kind of embody a a different type of scare, right? It's not a jump scare. It's something more psychological. How do you do that? Well, um,
0: in general, um, I'll figure out like if my character I'm playing is a real life character, because I've done that where I take a real life character and I'll portray them. So I'll do a lot of research on who that character is. If not, uh, um, say I take uh, a character with a profession like a nurse or a doctor, I look at that kind of uh, uh, what that profession is and. Um, where I could take it and what kind of character I can get and turn it. So I'm not just going to play a generic doctor. I'm going to name my doctor. I'm going to figure out who my doctor is, what kind of backstory, what's the kind of weirdness that brought this doctor to be this way and, you know, really fully develop who my character is. So when you meet me, you may see, Uh, doctor, but then there's a a richness to the character and I'm going to play off of that kind of thing. I have to be ready to be able to improv. I have to constantly listen to the people that I'm with, the people that are my victims or the guests, Mm -hmm. if you prefer, and um, listen to what they're saying and what they're doing and adjust my performance so that I can pick off what they're saying and work it in and try to bring them to new levels and new fears.
1: Do you see a difference when you have a fleshed out character versus in the past when you've had more of a jump scare character? What kind of what is the difference in how people react to you?
0: Oh, it's absolutely it's like it's like night and day. So when you get a character that's just going for a pop scare or a jump scare, you're in, you're out, you get a scream and then they move on and you move on. And that's great. And that's an awesome way to scare. And anybody who wants to scare and they do it that way, that's awesome. I love those. I love going to haunted houses where one after another, they just pop at you and I I get to scream. But, um, you know, I've done that for a while. And now with my back injury, I can't do that kind of work anymore. So now I've gone into like more of an acting kind of thing or scare acting. And I can get a much more satisfied scare because it's a little more than just blah, you know, they're that and that they're like, I'm trying to create a scene where I'm building tension. So I'm trying to drag them along with me and bring them with me on this journey. I'm trying to bring them to the edge and let them look down, look down where they could be dropped, but I'm not going to drop them. I'm going to play with them a little bit. We're going to have a good time. They may think I'm going to drop them, but at the end, I'm going to let them be OK. And that kind of thing right there, that kind of terror and horror is the kind of thing I'm looking for. And that's the kind of thing I'm trying to bring my guests to that point, to.
1: I know that you have also worked in um, the very controversial world of the extreme haunted house. Uh, And uh, you said you would be willing to talk about it to a point because it's a very, uh, it's a very quiet thing. There's a lot of uh, mystery around it. Of course. But, but
0: let me tell you, let me tell you, there, there are all different types of haunts. There is the general haunt, which, you know, haunts where you can bring children to and I work at those too I'm fine with working at those and then there's all the way on the other end which is the extreme haunts. so this thing's all in the middle too but the extreme haunts like I know the one that I uh, I worked at called Blackout everybody is always interested because it's I believe it's the first of the extreme haunts so they were doing things before these other extreme haunts that were pretty interesting, including, and I'm not joking, waterboarding people. It was not a trick. It wasn't fake. They were actually doing it.
1: You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well your spring can be a little more stress-free with off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And I've seen that in videos as well in other extreme haunted houses. And it seems like that's the, that's what gets everybody coming out. So freaked out looking is that actual experience. That's terrifying. I could never ever do it. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do
0: it either, but, um, (laughs) you know, there are people that want to, but you know what, they have a safe word. So if you find yourself like that's it, you want out, you just say the safe word. Look, I don't want to do anything to anybody that's going to like I want to take them where they want to go. I want to bring it the heart. I want to scare them. I want them to test themselves. But if they're done, they're done. And I don't want to do any permanent damage to their psyche. I'll take people as far as they're willing to go, maybe a little further than they thought they can go. But when they're done, they're done.
1: In our episode, we talked about this sort of the the threshold between too scary and not scary enough and how <laughs> the responsibility of the haunt community, I think largely seems to be, or the haunt community believes in safety and in making sure that there is a foundation of safety so that the scares can be that much more effective without, right. Without actually causing terror. Cause nobody wants to cause somebody real genuine terror. It's this other kind, right? Right. Well, I want people to
0: leave what I'm working
1: on and go,
0: Oh, my God, that was terrible. That was horrible. I was. uh, Yeah, I'm coming next year. I want everyone to say I'm bringing my friend back to see this. I want to experience this again. You know, horror and terror isn't a negative thing. It's a different emotion. It's actually pretty close to like joy and comedy. It's just a little bit different. Humans have all different emotions and one isn't a negative or positive emotion. It's just a different emotion, but I don't want to do things to people that are wrong, that are bad, that are, that are, that are not okay. If you want to scream with me, I'll scream with you. If you want to laugh with me, I'll laugh with you. We'll play different psychological torture games just as much as you want. And like I said, maybe I'll push you. Maybe I can get you to take a little bit more than you thought you would. When you're done, you're done. And me personally, I'm not interested in getting waterboarded. That's that's not a thing for me. You know, but but scare me. I, I'm pretty easy to scare. I have a low tolerance when I'm working. You can't scare me because I'm in work mode. But if I'm on the other side of the mask and I'm going through a haunted house, I'm screaming and I'm laughing like everybody else
1: in an ext- in these extreme haunts. What kind of characters have you chosen to play or have you been assigned to play in those?
0: Well, In Blackout, I did what's called the Soup Lady. And I can't really talk about what she does, but I'll just say she she gives you soup. But there's a lot more. There's a lot more to it. And anyone who's been through it knows who who she is. But um, the other haunt that I do is the 17th door. And I, I was telling you some of those characters. But the thing that the 17th door uses in the extreme thing is they do use water. They use electrical shocks. And they use cockroaches, bugs, and not fake ones, real ones. In fact, we grow our own. The we, well, first couple of years we were buying them and then they decided, you know what, we should grow our own. So we have a little grow room and we grow our own cockroaches. And uh, yes, you do get them on you and they're they're real.
1: Wow. I was not expecting that you guys have a cockroach farm. You know, I guess it's good to locally source. Uh, That's true. And I mean, we've done ones
0: with, with snakes and spiders. But um, we did that one year. I, I didn't really like uh, using those. And then at, when the show was over, the cast all got to um, uh, take them all home. But the, the bugs, uh, it's uh, one year we, we use them. And then next year we grow some new ones.
1: Did you guys take them home as pets? Um, the the
0: snakes and the, the snakes and the spiders, the lizards, yeah, all the cats took. I didn't take it, but well, I had rats at that point, so from a different show <laughs> so I was like, I can't take a lizard home, my husband wants to throw me out that I brought the rats home from another show, you know
1: <laughs> Man, you know, that was one of the questions I had is, is oh. are, are, are the bugs real? Because of course I went and I told you when we were before we were recording that I went into such a deep dive on trying to figure out what's smoke and mirrors and what's real in these extreme haunts and uh, I, well, do, I do love love that you guys kind of like to keep it quiet uh, for each yeah. other. It's it's cool. Well, at 17, they're fine with it.
0: They have a gigantic warning sign. It's so hilarious. People come out and they're like that sign. Everything was real. It's like what because people look at the sign and they think, oh, they are trying to psychologically torture me. Yeah, And it's, it says on it things you may come in contact with. And it's like roaches, live bugs, electrical shocks, water, the ground, because, you know, people fall. So you become in contact with the ground, but it's on the thing. And people will look at it and go oh, the ground. Oh, the other stuff is funny, too. It's not there. You know, you're going to get lights. You're going to get smoke. Um, people will touch you. No one in that haunt that I work at, at the 17th door is going to do anything that's going to hurt. No one's going to push you hard or punch you or anything like that. You know, although. Some of the guys are so big and they just are threatening when they step near you that you feel like, holy cow, this is a, this is a guy that's going to hurt me. So you're already, you know, you got everything on edge. So you're you're right there on the edge. So you're easy to take take to the next limit. <laughs> you know, the thing is with immersive shows and immersive haunts, if you go headlong into it and you become part of the show as a guest. You get so much out of it. You know, it's, it's just like an amazing feeling like this will happen for you, but around you and you're part of it and it's part of you.
1: You mentioned in Art of the Scare, and I'm not going to remember the exact quote, but it was something about kind of the monster within and and letting that out. And I'm so I'm really most interested in what it's like for you as a haunter and what you get out of it, you know, emotionally or or what why it matters so much to you.
0: Well. When I when I'm talking about the monster inside, I mean, we all have monsters inside of us. Uh, Even people that don't go to haunts, they have different things going on inside of them. All humans do. but For monsters like myself, we use the haunt to take our monsters and we focus it on our victims or our guests. And let's see. Let's see where we can bring it. I try to take mine to a way of bringing some art to the world. And my art is painted with the screams of my guests uh, when they're getting scared on something and they're screaming and we're doing stuff together. Sometimes they're not screaming. Sometimes I see it in their eyes, but we're connecting. We're making a connection. We're going through something together. Sometimes it's a moment. Sometimes it's a longer time. Sometimes we do, I'm doing a show that we're together for 15 minutes or a half hour or something. We're going to go on your journey together. And that kind of monster is going to come out and come to them it's going to come to them and it's going to help bring their monster out we're going to go together
1: that's very powerful and i think that it happens in so many different areas of life and in in your case you know the passing stranger the shared moment uh yes. but for you it's it's like a very charged moment that you're sharing. oh
0: it, yeah. it it really is and and when you're doing more of like haunt acting or you know you do an immersive show you have more than a moment to just scare someone for that moment. And you're dragging in that longer and you can build in the anticipation because like when I'm doing something where I have a time, a, a little bit of time to play with somebody, I can give them a, like, like give them a little bit and then pull it back and then give them a little more and take them along this journey and build up the scare. And then hopefully end it with a big bang. And then they can go on and do their, whatever they're doing next or whatever it is. And that's the kind of journey that I'm trying to uh, make people feel. Uh, they may not understand it when it's happening. They may not understand it after they leave, but they're going on it with me, whether they like it or not. Well, I shouldn't say that. If they don't like it, of course, it's going to end. But but a lot of times people don't even realize what we're doing and where we're going but we're going to do it together.
1: In terms of sort of spreading this magic across the world, you are also teaching haunting classes. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I do a well, it's two different things I do. One of them is um, I do a haunt 101 where I'm I'm sharing my knowledge with people and hoping to get them to get on the right path and understand the right way versus the wrong way of haunting because there is a right way to do what we do. So I do that. I do I do um, training and I do haunt 101 and um, now I've been working more on like the haunt 102 like the next step where you're doing character development and you're trying to move your haunting into the next level. So that's the two parts that I'm working on now and that I'm also writing a book with that with those two things and then the other thing that I also do is I do mentoring where somebody will just contact me and they they're like I work at a haunted house and what do you think of this character and uh, I'll ask them questions I try to help them try to see where they're going with it and make some suggestions to them specifically um, sometimes people just want to contact me and show show me their their monster and they just want to be like look what I did and then. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm always like, yay! I love to see what people are up to. And like you said, it it is worldwide. Most of the people I speak to are in the United States. But I do talk to some people overseas that are also haunting. And I love seeing the different ways that um, different cultures celebrate. Halloween and and do ha- different haunts.
1: I bet that your 14 year old self would be very proud of who you are now. <laughs> a haunt consultant, I, I dare say, you know, that's a, a pretty dreamy job.
0: So I am interested in the next generation of haunters. I want them to create like these amazing things and and take this industry to a new level. Yes, this this industry has continued to grow, but it's got more. It's got more ways to grow. And I do feel like the new people that are coming in now, when they get a good, strong foundation and they understand the importance of haunting, the importance of how to haunt right, it's important that they learn that what we're doing is an art form. And now it's on their shoulders to grow it and make new things Happen from it.
1: Speaking of the next generation of haunters, I know that your daughter is also a haunter now, right? She is
0: my daughter, Rosie. Rosie Mayer. She is a haunter too. And uh, well, I'll tell you, my husband, who's not really, uh, never really, has been interested in haunting, but um, he's very supportive of me, and that's really cool. But he does not like haunted houses. He's never seen me. Um, Do my thing Except for one show that we did That he was cool with But that was because it was a sit down show And he understood how it worked and everything When she said she wanted to do it He was not happy Uh, He was like no I don't want Well because I've I've been injured so many times You know because some of the guests get stupid So I had to agree That she'd be haunting behind A plexiglass plate And we did that for the first year And he was cool with it But now you know she got out of that box. And now she's a pretty fabulous haunter, you know, and she has this baggage because you know, everybody knows me. Right. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that's my mom. But she I was thrilled when I saw her haunting because she has a completely different style than me. She developed her own thing. You know, she knows how you know, how I feel about being in touch with the guest emotionally and and where you can take them. And she has that, but she does it in her own style. And it's thrilling to see. I just saw her do a show like four days ago. And she was she's in this haunt group called Lights Out haunt and they did this really cool show and I, i've seen them a couple of times do shows and uh yeah she she was doing this great character and i, I absolutely loved it and after the show i had asked her I, who wrote your dialogue that was really great dialogue she's like but i wrote my dialogue i'm like how did i realize that was you writing your own dialogue because she she has a very unique way of looking at life too <laughs>
1: Well, I I had a mom who definitely introduced me to horror and took me to haunts at a very young age, oh, but uh, not, awesome. quite this, not quite to this level. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I'm, I'd i love for you to talk a little bit more about, about is that you mentioned earlier, you said that you teach the right versus the wrong way to haunt. So can you tell us as sort of a last question here, what is the right way and the wrong way to haunt from your perspective? Oh,
0: it, it it's actually a good question because... A lot of people don't understand. It's not it's not that you're scary. It's not that you're weird and creepy and love horror movies. It's that when you're haunting, you've got to have empathy. So you've got to understand the person that you're making scream or terrifying or whatever. You're not trying to torture them. You're trying to get them to enjoy the terror. You don't want to do things that will leave any damage, any permanent damage. You want to make them think about it in nine months and go, holy cow, it's only three more months till I can go do that again. So you want to get deep into them and and deep into their mind and their emotions. But you want to do it in a way that you don't want to mess them up permanently, uh, physically, emotionally anything like that. So the right way to haunt is that you have to be able to be in, in, in the head of whoever you're working with. So you have to be emotionally attached and have like an empathy with them, understand how they're feeling and where they're going. Like I said, I'm taking people to the edge. I wouldn't be able to go as far as I can now, 10 years ago. You know, I develop like more instincts and so I'll push people a little more. But you know, if somebody is saying the safe word, they're absolutely out. I'm trying to bring people to the edge without them saying the safe word. I know a lot of people want people to say the safe word. I don't. I want them to go as far as they possibly can, right up to the edge, but not say the safe word. (laughs) Let's see how far things could go. But um I don't want them to be be hurt. So empathy is like the most important thing. I don't know if you can teach empathy, but you can certainly teach people how to haunt without putting people into uh, into a dilemma where they're 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 in any danger. People are if you touch somebody either with your hand or maybe your arm touching them and they look totally cool but you can feel they're shaking in their body. You don't want to push them too much more. They're already getting a reaction from you. So now let's take it a little bit further, but not, not much more. So you have to be able to be aware by using all your senses.
1: What a fantastic time talking to you. I always love just talking to any other Halloween soul out there because it's such a, it's a special relationship, uh, as many of our listeners also share uh, with with me and each other. And now you. So thank you for sharing. I mean, I can't. 45 years of haunting. What's better than that?
0: Uh, 50. Hopefully I can do another five. <laughs> thank you for letting me talk about, Something I love to talk about.
1: To learn more about the wonderful Charmayer, head to Char com. This was American Hysteria. We'll be back in two weeks. But this next Monday, you can catch our first episode of Hysteria Home Companion, our patrons-only talk show with me and our producer Miranda. And for this first one, we'll be diving deep into my feverish obsession with finding out the truth about the extreme haunt McKamey Manor. And let me tell you, boy, did I find some shit. So come sort through it all with us by going to patreon.com slash or by clicking the link in the show notes. That's out next Monday, and we'll be putting out a reminder and a teaser the day of. So check back. Follow American Hysteria on social media at American Hysteria Podcast on Instagram and at Amer Hysteria on Twitter. A very nice thing you can do for our show if you're looking to help us out is to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and maybe even say something nice. It's quick and easy, and it really helps us out. This episode has Sound by Como Studios and was produced by Miranda Zickler. Thanks, as always, for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks. In the meantime, in the words of Char-mayor, Scare you later.